we're in Luke, we're in Luke this morning. We've been walking through the book of Revelation, and uh, we're stepping out this morning for just today. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter number 14 and verses 15 uh, and following this morning, just kind of looking forward to the coming weeks. And uh, uh, this morning, hopefully, you uh, had a seat with a, an invite card there. That's yours to take with you, and uh, we're going to be covering that as we move forward this morning. Uh, yesterday, we had a couple of our college kids got married and had a beautiful uh, wedding ceremony and uh, incredible time together, and uh, it, it just kind of brings you back down memory lane to look back and, and see uh, just kind of where God has brought even us from. Uh, we had to go way back to the beginning for me and Bonnie, but uh, uh, we went back there and just thinking about our relationship, and uh, we, we started young, and uh, <clears throat> I asked her on a date, and it was pretty pathetic invitation, but anyways, we, she went, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, uh, I asked her if she were busy this weekend, and uh, she said she's going to the football game, and I said, oh, okay, and that was it for me, because I didn't want to get turned down, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and uh, she said, why do you ask? And I said, well, you know, I was going to go somewhere, and if you weren't busy, she said, well, I'm not that busy, and so we ended up going together. I'm grateful that uh, God did a miracle that day, and uh, I'm still thankful to this day, excited about where we are. But I was thinking today just about uh, these invitations, because here in this passage of Scripture, uh, God talks about a compelling invitation, and uh, today we have a parable uh, that Jesus used to teach. Uh, he uses a practical story to teach a spiritual lesson, and a lot of times he would use parables uh, because when you're talking to people uh, and helping them, hopefully helping them understand where they are, uh, sometimes if we're not careful, uh, we can get defensive. Rather than learning a lesson and receiving a truth, we get defensive uh, if we're approached directly. For example, uh, you go back to the Old Testament and you know the story of David. David <clears throat> was a dude uh, uh, that had a great struggle and uh, uh, he ended up murdering somebody, committing adultery. Uh, and then when Nathan the prophet approached David, do you remember when Nathan approached David? Nathan the prophet didn't come to David and say, man, you are one sorry turkey. You killed and you committed adultery and we need to hold you accountable. He didn't go there, but instead he tells him a story uh, about somebody that came along and took somebody else's uh, little sheep. And, and, and David saw what happened, and David was, was, was like, hey, he deserves judgment. He deserves death. And uh, Nathan said, hey, you are that man. And so today, uh, Jesus is talking in a parable, telling a story, because he wants them to understand, again, a spiritual Truth and, 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 and today we're talking about extending an invitation, although this parable uh, is a parable about a fellowship uh, supper. Uh, uh, when you're looking at the parable, that's what he's talking about. But really he's saying, hey, listen, you guys need to compel people to come to a relationship with God Almighty. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the takeaway for us today. Compelling somebody to come to a relationship with God Almighty. Now, I think about that, and we call it a lot of different things, witnessing or, or, or sharing the gospel. Uh, uh, but, but, but our job, God has entrusted to us, is to, is to compel them to come to a relationship uh, with God Almighty. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, when you're talking about compelling someone to come, everything within my power I'm going to do. I'm simply going to try to convince you of what I'm asking you 
to do. Uh, there's a couple of things that we have to have. Number one would be, I've got to be convinced of the need. Before I can be compelling, before I can compel somebody to do anything, I've got to be convinced of the need. And so today, the question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Am I convinced that there is a heaven and a hell? Am I convinced that there are people perishing without Jesus Christ? Am I convinced that Jesus Christ is the only way unto salvation? Am I convinced of these things? Such that I'm willing to say, hey, I want to compel you because I know what's waiting for you. And I want to compel you. I've got to be convinced, number one. But number two, even, even to uh, 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 just experiencing the abundant life myself. I mean, if I'm not really excited about my relationship with Jesus, I'm probably not going to be very compelling when I mention him to others. In fact, if I even mention him to others. And I think where the church is today, and I think of, you know, why, why, why are we not compelling them to come? Well, maybe it's because we're just not that excited about our relationship with Jesus Christ anymore. Uh, but, but finally, and, and you can put these, and they're not in any specific order, uh, but, but, but we're obeyed. <laughs> God said, hey, I want you to go and be my witnesses. In other words, it's a, it's a call of God, it's a command of God to go and tell, to, to encourage others to come to a relationship. Now, these people that he's addressing are Jewish people, and, uh, and what they had done is they had established a uh, they had established <clears throat> basically a man-made religion, and so they had a specific type of people. In other words, the people that we're going to surround ourselves with are people that deserve to be here. I mean, they're good people. They're my kind of people. You ever heard that statement before? They're my kind of people. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus said, hey, let me tell you something about my kind of people. My kind of people are all people. My kind of people are, are, are lame. My kind of people are sick. My kind of people are Jew. My kind of people are Samaritan. My kind are Gentile. My kind are all kinds of people. And so Jesus wants them to understand they're all invited to the table. They're all invited to the fellowship. Whether they look like you or not, they're all invited. So compel them to come. And so that's where the story is. Luke 14, verses 15 and following. Jesus is talking. When one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he, talking about Jesus, said to him, Hey, a man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses the first one said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I need uh, to, to, to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. And another one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife and for that reason I can't come. Verse 21, and the slave came back and he reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry. And said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done and still there's room. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. It's a parable, again, a picture of a gospel invitation to come to Jesus, to come and have fellowship 
with the Father. That's how we're going to have fellowship with the Father. In fact, the Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Uh, and so there's an invitation uh, that is being given, and it is, again, to an incredible uh, feast. In fact, uh, when you're talking about uh, the invitation being given, when you're talking about inviting people to come to Jesus Christ, understand you're inviting them to come to life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's interesting to me when you're talking about faith, especially uh, because faith and fun almost seem to be mutually exclusive. In other words, when we're talking about faith, we're going to have a good time or we're going to go to church. And it's like, what in the world? Where did that idea come from? I have a good time when I'm in church. I don't have to go out and do the world. In fact, it's interesting. Is it not interesting? Because faith, again, faith and fun seem to be uh, not on the same page. And, and, and so I think that sometimes the reason for that is because we're not very excited about the Jesus that we serve. Faith and fun. Uh, in fact, you know what's interesting to me is when you're talking about fun, you know what's linked to fun? You know what's linked to fun oftentimes? <clears throat> Alcohol. Hey, let the good times roll. How are you going to have a good time? Go get some alcohol. You know the FSU? I had an FSU police officer tell me one time, said, hey, you know what the most common denominator of all of my problems are on the campus? It's alcohol. Just telling you what he told me. God help us recognize that we have an opportunity to invite people to come into fellowship with the Father and, and, and its relationship. It's, it's not an invite to a funeral, but to a feast, man. It's, it's a celebration. That's what it's to. And so God, help us to get excited in our own hearts about the Lord Jesus Christ. God, help us in such a way. I just want to encourage you and ask you the question before we even go any further. Are you excited about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you excited to be saved this morning? I've been reading through the book of Colossians, and he's my Savior, he's my Redeemer, he's my sanctification, he's my all in all. Without him, I am nothing. And because of him, I have life. And so I'm excited today about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're inviting them to, again, fellowship with God Almighty. And God says, hey, I am the bread of life. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm not only the bread of life, I'm the living water. And whoever comes to me can drink freely. And guess what? He's never going to thirst again. I satisfy. That's the invitation that we have to be able to give to other people. Notice a couple of things about the invitation. He said to him, verse number 16 and 17, a man was giving a big dinner. And when we're talking about this man, we're talking about God the Father. And, and, and we're inviting. We are the slaves to go and to invite others to come. Enjoy the fellowship with the Father. How do you do that? Through Jesus Christ. A man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. Verse 17, and at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. The invitation, all the preparations have been made. You don't have to bring anything. In fact, when you're talking to someone, understand this. There's, there's some people that feel like, Man, I've got to clean myself up before I go down there to the church. I've got to clean myself up before I get to God. And the fact of the matter is, you can't clean yourself up. That's almost, that's, you know what that's like saying? That's like saying, that's like a sick and dying man saying, hey, I got to get well before I go see the doctor. I mean, that's ridiculous. And the fact of the matter is, you can't get yourself well. You can't get fixed up without Jesus Christ because He is my Savior. He is my Redeemer. He is my sanctification. I can't become more like Him without Him. 
I need him. In fact, there are some frustrated people today. And you know why they're frustrated? Because they're simply religious. And you come to church and you hear, and, and, and you think, why can't I change myself? Well, maybe you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Because that's where change comes from. He changes me from the inside. He says, all the preparations have been made. In fact, when you look back to the Old Testament, it says, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Isaiah 25, verses 6 through 8. They're going to make preparations. The Bible says in Isaiah 25, 6 through 8, the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow and refined aged wine. And on this mountain, he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. In other words, he's saying in the book of Isaiah, it will happen. Now today, we say it has happened. He has made preparations. Why? Because today we look back to the cross and say, he did say it is finished. The preparations have been completed for you and for me. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 2, verses 1 and 2, 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. He's the payment, paid in full, for the wages of sin is death. And Jesus Christ himself died on the cross for your sins and my sins. He is my propitiation. He paid the payment for my sins, for our sins, but not only for ours only in verse number two, but also for those of the whole world. And so we have an opportunity to extend an invitation, and the invitation is simple. It's simply saying, just come. But they've got to be invited. Come just as you are. And this morning, I don't know where you're coming from or who you are, but maybe today you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm just inviting you. Just come as you are. It's a simple invitation. The preparations have been made. That's what the master of the house said to the slaves. Just go tell them to come. It's all ready. It's been prepared. You don't have to bring a side dish. You don't have to bring a dessert. You don't even have to take a shower. You just come. Just like you are. You just come. Heard a story about a little boy, and, and he wanted to talk to a preacher about his salvation. And they started talking about their salvation. And well, what, what happened? He said, well, me and God saved me. And, and, and the preacher was like, what do you mean, me and God saved me? He said, what do, you, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I did all the sinning, and he did the saving. And, and that's exactly what it means to be saved. All we bring to the table is a mess. All we bring to the table is our sin. And Jesus says, hey, I have paid the price for you. Won't you come have fellowship with my Father? And you'll never experience fellowship unless you come through Jesus Christ. There is a simple invitation. It's not just the simplicity of the invitation that he gives, but look what he says. He says, come, for everything is ready now. In other words, he's saying there is some sense of urgency. There's some sense of urgency that ought to be taking place. In fact, I think of where the church is today, and I think procrastination is our 
our, our killer to our evangelism. Procrastination is a killer to our obedience. Procrastination, when we say, man, I still have tomorrow. Maybe there's a better time. Maybe there's a better day waiting. And we always look for that better day, that better moment, that better opportunity, and we just kind of walk away in disobedience to the commandment of God to go and be my witnesses even today because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. As I've been reading through the book of Revelation, I pray to God that you've been walking through that with us and enjoying that together. Enjoy might even be a, the wrong word to describe when we're talking about this tribulation period because, listen, there are people that are perishing all around us and we've lost our sense of urgency. We don't know whether we're guaranteed tomorrow. Ourselves as a witness or them to respond to the gospel invitation. But we've lost all sense of urgency because we've gotten into this rhythm of life where we've been lulled to sleep spiritually. And, and, and the master of the house said, hey, go tell them now's the time. Today's the day of salvation. There ought to be a little bit of urgency with us if we understand the consequences of what it is we're talking about to people. I, I've been watching. Y'all watch that Mar March Madness stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Basketball? Basketball? I'm not a basketball player. It's kind of challenged vertically. But anyways, um, <clears throat> not a basketball player. But, but March Madness is, 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 is interesting to watch, right? Interesting to watch. And if you watch basketball, I'm not much in a basketball, but if you watch basketball, it's interesting because what happens during this game is it just gets kind of boring for me. Anyways, uh, uh, they're just up and down the court, up and down the court, right? And they, and they kind of get lulled into this rhythm of the game, watching it. And then all of a sudden, when you get towards the end of the game, like, like there's a sense of urgency that happens. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you have coaches that are, that are, that are like, you know, full court press, man. They're like, press, press, press. And, it, and it, the intensity level just skyrockets. And there's this urgency. Why? Because the game is almost over. And it's time to shake off, shake off. Being lulled to sleep and wake up and finish strong. And I believe that the church today needs to wake up. Get up and go. It's late. It's late. God, give us, God, give us a sense of urgency. He says, man, it's a simple invitation, but be urgent with it. Understand the consequences that you're not guaranteed tomorrow, and neither are they. And listen, if you're listening today here or online, you may not have another opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would you put it off? But people do. Watch what happens. There's a rejection that happens in 18, 19, and 20. But they all alike began to make excuses, and the first one said to him, I bought a piece of land, and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm Going to try them out. Please consider me excused. And another one said, I have married a wife, and for that reason, I cannot come. These people received an invitation, and they had a choice, but they rejected. The Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse 44, Jesus was talking, and Jesus. <clears throat> said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me has drawn him. In other words, when the Holy Spirit of God knocks, you don't reject. Because the Bible speaks 
of what's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin. What's the unpardonable sin? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? When God Almighty extends an invitation for you to come to have fellowship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, and you say, oh no, I've got an excuse. Today's not the day. I've got an excuse. And, and can I tell you something? When it comes to an excuse for not receiving the grace of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's not a good excuse. There's not one that exists. He says, oh, there, there's somebody that says, man, I bought some land. i got to go check it out. What a lame excuse. No, you don't. For a couple of reasons. Number one, most of us, if we're going to buy a piece of land, we check it before we bought it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to check it before I buy it, number one. Number two, even if I hadn't checked it and I already bought it, I can check it tomorrow if he's inviting me today. It's not going anywhere. It's a sorry, stinking excuse is what he's saying. So not only that, there's another dude that says, man, I, I got to go. I bought five yoke of oxen. I got to go check them out. Well, here again, ask the question. When's the last time you bought a car without driving it and test driving it? We, we don't normally do those things. They're just making excuses is what he's saying. And by the way, whether they work or not, if, in fact, you already did purchase those things ignorantly and didn't test drive them, so test driving tomorrow. The invitation is for today. He's saying it's a sorry, sorry excuse. I got a new wife. Man, let me tell you something. When I, <laughs> when, when I got married, this is a long time ago, <clears throat> When I got married, if I got invited to come to dinner, I am coming to dinner for free. Let me tell you something. There's a banquet happening. I have an opportunity to go out with my wife, new wife. I got no money. I just got married, but I'm coming. <laughs> What's he saying in the story? He's saying, you're just making stinking excuses. And there's not an excuse that's good when you talk about rejecting an invitation from God Almighty to come to fellowship with the Father. Says there's no excuse worth telling. I mean, there's there's still excuses that are made today, aren't there? You, you hear people make excuses. I, I hear people make excuses all the time. Why I'm not going to go down to the church? Why I'm not going to follow Jesus Christ? And most of the time, they they they, they talk about people in the church. They'll say, "Oh, I'm not going to the church because all those sorry preachers." You hear about the sorry preachers out there, and those old sorry preachers all perverted. And I would say, yeah, there are some perverted pastors, but let me tell you something. There's some quack doctors, and you still go to the doctor. I'm not going to the church because it's filled of hypocrites. You ever heard that one before? I mean, you might be here today and you're just like reluctantly here today and it's filled with hypocrites. Hey, guess what? It is filled with hypocrites, but you know what? There's some obnoxious idiots that go to Florida State football games, but you still go there. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there's no such thing as a good excuse why you shouldn't come to Jesus Christ. That God Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, and He created you, and He wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. But that you would say, no, I'm just stiff-necked, and I'm not going to go and receive His love and forgiveness. There's no such thing as a good excuse. God, help us not be people with excuses. I don't know where you're coming from today, but if you're not saved today, won't you call on his name? Listen, the Bible says it like this. 
For God so loved the world, and you put your name there, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus into this world not to condemn you, but to save you. And he loves you. And the Bible is clear and says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You have sinned and fallen short. I have sinned and fallen short. Why? Because I was born with a fallen nature. And it needs fixing. It separates me from a loving God. It separates me from fellowship with the Father. My sin. But Jesus paid the price. He's my propitiation such that now I can enjoy fellowship. Do you know that the Bible says, in fact, today I stand in the presence of God justified clean as if I have never sinned in my life because the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to me simply by his grace, a gift from God. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't do anything to earn it. But he loved me unconditionally and unmerited. And today I stand saved. Have you ever called on his name to be saved? And if you haven't, this is the day. Now is the time. Today. Today. In fact, if you've never been saved, if you've never been saved, do me a favor and complete this statement. What's today? March the 19th? Today March 19th? <clears throat> Finish this statement. On March the 19th, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that God loves me and he sent his son to die for me. But I'm not receiving his gift of salvation because fill in the blank. There's no such thing as a good excuse. And if you've never been saved, I'm encouraging you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People have always made excuses, but there's not a good excuse. Call on his name while you can. The master gave the commission to the slaves. Verse 21. <clears throat> if you're looking at the big picture, by the way, of this parable, just, he's simply saying, hey, salvation comes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. He's talking to Jewish audience, and he's saying, hey, these, these Jews were invited, and they didn't come. So now let's invite everybody. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. In other words, there's, a, there's an order to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's being presented even in this parable here. But we still are given a commission from verse 21 to 23. The slave came back, reported this to the master. The head of the household became angry, said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And, and, and the slave said, Master, what you command has been done. Still there is room. The master said to his slave, Go into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come so that my house may be filled. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, I'm commissioning you. I'm commissioning you. You go and you compel them to come to Jesus. You compel them of their need for a relationship. You compel them of their need for fellowship with the Father. You have a job to do. 
God gave us a command. And I think about the church and where we are, especially when it comes to compelling them. And, and, and by the way, <clears throat> a question might be asked. Are, are you saying to compel them to come to church or to come to Jesus? Yes. Yep. Both. Both. All of the above. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You invite them. And that's part of the reason why we... we, we why, why, why are we specifically advertising Easter? Well, man, you can, you can invite anybody anytime. That'd be wonderful. But Easter just so happens to be that time of year that people do think a little bit... a few thoughts about spiritual things. A little more open, maybe. Maybe I'll go to church this year. So my neighbor, just, just a story. He's Catholic, raised Catholic. He says, I know the Catholic Church is all messed up. And you know what? A door of opportunity has opened uh, with him. And I'm praying uh, this year. And God helped me to compel him to come this year. You know, we, we, we say, oh, oh well, they're Catholic, or they're Methodist, or they're what? I don't care what they are. Do they follow Jesus Christ? Do they follow Jesus and God help us to compel them to come. You know, the Bible <clears throat> tells us in 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse <clears throat> number 9. The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know, I was thinking about... <clears throat> Again, uh, this Easter, I'm excited about this Easter opportunity. And by the way, <clears throat> uh, the reason for the Sunday night activities that are going to be kicking off and sharing the gospel is so that you can, again, engage people confidently and, and, and present the gospel in a systematic way to people. But by the way, let me just say, <clears throat> it's not about presenting a program, it's about presenting a person, Jesus Christ, a Savior that if you're excited about, you just tell them. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. You go there. But I had a thought, though, when you're talking about compelling people to come. Because he says, go compel them. Go compel them. Go compel them. And I prayed this week, I've been praying this week, for this time today, that God would impress upon our hearts and upon our minds the people that he has placed in our circles, whether they be family members whether they be good friends or even casual acquaintances that God has pushed on your heart. And, 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 and here's a question. Here's a question. Everybody in the building has an opportunity. You've got a card on your seat. That's an invitation card. Don't throw it in the garbage and say, I'll be here. It's not for you. It's for the others. It's for the others. You pray. You begin praying for those. But let me just throw another thought out there and ask a question. <clears throat> Who
who's going to invite that one and 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 the rest of them? The story ends in the last verse with a rejection. And sometimes I wonder if people have rejected or if they've never been granted an invitation. Do they, do they, know, do they know what they're being invited to? That's a great question. Because there's perceptions. There's perceptions. I mean, I, I think about my perception. I think about, have you ever thought about this? <clears throat> you know, and, and I'm not downing anybody. I'm not downing any, anything, although I, I do know that I'm not a Mormon and, and they're way off in left field. They're uh, a cult, okay? I, know, I understand that. But I don't know what happens at the Mormon church. All I know is I got this big old temple thing down here, if that's what you call it, I don't even know. But all I know is this. <clears throat> I, I probably would never go there because I don't know what happens when you go in those doors. I don't want some funk jumping on me. <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on. When I, if I were to walk in those doors. Now, I've got a doctrinal reason, but, but, but having said that, I wonder this, how many people, they have no clue. Do, can, can I just show up at church? If you've been in church all your life, you say, oh, that's a stupid question. No, it's not a stupid question. If you've never grown up in church and you have no idea, do you belong at the church? Can you just show up and walk in the door? Who's going to tell them? I wonder if they've been given the information needed to make an educated decision. And that's up to us. Several years ago, Bonnie and I had the chance, uh, we were in Augusta, and we were uh, speaking at an event <clears throat> with famous people. I throw that out there because an invitation was given to play golf at Augusta. If you were to go there, you would not have the opportunity to play golf at Augusta. Okay? <clears throat> I didn't know that. I didn't know that like, like this was like once in a lifetime, I'll never have the privilege or opportunity to play golf on this course. But because of who we were speaking for, we got an invite to go and play golf. They didn't tell me when they invited me that it was such a prestigious invitation. So I said, no, I'm, I, I, no, I got time for that. <laughs> and now it's too late. Now it's too late. And I wonder how many people are in our lives that they've just never been given the information that there is a loving God that created you, that wants to give you life, purpose, significance, fellowship. Just come. Just come. God help us today. Hey, two things. Number one, are you saved this morning? It's not about going to church and being religious. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Have you ever called on his name? And if you haven't, today's the day. Call on his name. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Call on his name. Number two, if you are saved, would you sincerely commit? I will invite 
And God, who would you have me to invite? And you take your card. And you take as many cards as God lays on your heart. Because we got them available. They're on seats. They're at the doors. But God, may he find us faithful in being his witnesses in a world that's lost and dying and going to hell. God, help us not stand by and be silent. Would you do me a favor today and join me for prayer? After I pray, we'll sing a song. And when the song has been sung, if you're here this morning and you would say, you know, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to be saved today. I want this to be the day of my salvation. Heard the gospel, the Holy Spirit of God knocked, and I'm here because I want to be saved. Man, you come today. I mean, even while we're singing, you come today. You come. But brothers and sisters, if you're here this morning, I've been praying that God would burden our hearts, beginning with me, that we would be found faithful, compelling others to come. So who's he laid on your heart? Oh, you know, you know. It may even be somebody you don't even like. Pray that God give you a divine love, supernatural. Pray that God would soften their heart. Because only He can give life. Oh God, thank you for salvation. Let us never take for granted your amazing grace. God, your tender mercies that greet us every day. You have been so good. Lord Jesus, I pray for those that have never called on your name, that today, God, your Holy Spirit would open their eyes. God, draw them to you that they might be saved. Father, I pray for us as your children. God, that we would be faithful to go out into the highways, into the byways, into the hedges, God, wherever, and compel them to come. Help us know how to compel. Oh, God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for these days of grace. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.